Good morning, and welcome to episode 224 of the Morning Light Show. I'm going to keep this intro very brief because the episode is about twice as long as my normal episodes, but it's going to be completely worth it for all of the wisdom that you're going to get from one of my soul sisters and badass intimacy expert and all around wonderful, beautiful warrior goddess, Alana Pratt. And she's going to talk to us about how to stop looking for the one and how to become the one in your own life. Welcome to the Morning Light Show. I'm your host, Adair Cates. This show will offer you insights and inspiration to free your spirit, open your heart, and start your day off light and bright. Good morning, Morning Light Show listeners. I am, I might be more excited about today's guest than I've ever been excited about a guest in my whole experience of 223 episodes of doing the show. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've loved all of my past guests, but Alana Pratt <laughs> is like my freaking soul sister. Uh-uh. Aside from the fact that she is an incredible badass, she's an intimacy expert. She is someone who helps people heal relationships with spouses and partners and any type of relationship outside of themselves, but most importantly, heal the relationship with ourselves. And Elena, before you, we jump in, cause I know we like, we're going to have to probably stop ourselves from talking for like three hours like the hook um, will come in and <laughs> what'd you say you know like those television shows when the hook comes in around the neck and pulls you off the stage yes. that's, what, that's probably what we need but we're not going there um we're, we're oh my gosh that oh my gosh that image is just making me laugh thinking about it but I want to read a couple of highlights from your bio here because Thank you. You are just an incredibly powerful being. And aside, again, aside from the fact that I just feel like you're my soul sister, the work that you've done in the world has been very significant. So I want to share some of those things. So Alana is absolutely a global media personality who awakens open-hearted, unapologetic living after heartbreak. And I would even say all the time, like, that's just who I see you as, Mm. um, your vulnerability and courage led you to be featured in a weekly column on the good men project featured as an icon of influence. And as a guest expert on Huffington post people magazine, Forbes, Jenny McCarthy show, among other national media, Ivy league grad author of four top selling books has interviewed Whoopi Goldberg, Alanis Morissette, Dr. Bernie Siegel and hosts the edgy podcast. Oh my gosh, what an awesome podcast it is intimate conversations where listeners learn how to find the relationship they deserve. Certified coach, Alana was asked by Lisa Gibbons to coach her during Dancing with the Stars with over four and a half million viewers on YouTube, one of the go-to authorities when struggling to trust again after heartbreak. She offers private coaching and retreats to support clients to have thriving, intimate relationships with themselves first, which naturally attracts their ideal partner. Holy shit. We are so lucky to have you. And I am just so lucky to have you in my life. So thank you to you. And thank you to the divine for bringing us together at GoBundance Women. Yes. And 
not only did we have awesome connection and conversations, but we like danced our asses off on the party <laughs> together. And we just have this, um, we have this combination of like depth and yes. lighthearted fun. And we can do yeah. that together in a way that I don't know if I've ever had that experience with another woman in the same kind of way of like, Oh God, this woman, like we get each other. Oh, I adore you. And it's such a blessing <laughs> to go from like speaking of the divine to an F bomb, like all in the same sentence, you know, <laughs> and, a, and a slap your ass and like have some fun. Yeah. I really respect you that and you really bring the best in me, the same beautiful depth, spirituality and such freedom and lightheartedness and, and a willingness to not take things personally and to shine in the face of potential rejection. And to me, that's that relationship with yourself. And I'm, um, you know, every four years or so I update my website. When I first started, I was actually the sexy mom expert <laughs> way back in the Hell yeah. Cause you know, Give me some of when that. mama's when mama's happy, everybody's happy, right? Yeah. So that's how I first started out years ago. So about every four years, I update the website. And this time, the, the tagline is going to be the most bold statement I've really allowed myself to make, which is, you know, everybody comes to me, you know, I need to find the one. Where's my soulmate? You know, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be enough. And it's like, no, finding the one is bullshit. Becoming the one is brilliant and beautiful. And oh, by the way, the, the end result of becoming the one, if you choose an ideal partner, you'll finally be at the vibration to meet them. Um, but you won't need them anymore to oh look good. So you finally are good enough and all of that BS that, you know, leads to shame and, and giving away of our power and saying yes, when we mean no and, and living someone else's uh, society's rat race rather than really creating the life and the relationships that are authentic to you. So yeah, very grateful oh to gosh. be doing what I do. That is so beautiful. I've had a lot of, I guess, interaction and thoughts and reflection. Cause you know, I'm always reflecting on stuff around the word becoming mm. probably started with Michelle Obama's auto. Sure. Yes. Account yeah. Called becoming. And then, um, I think it's maybe it's on HBO where there's a few like series like becoming Warren Buffett or becoming Serena Williams. Like, I don't know if those are the, if that's the exact word, but it's literally like a really in-depth, intimate look into their mm. lives and to mm. who they are as human beings yeah. uh, in a way that's really authentic and really vulnerable. And I guess my first question for you is, what is it about going to that level of um, vulnerability and depth that most people are afraid of? Mm. Well, I believe it's twofold. One, they're afraid they're not good enough, but if they do enough deep work and go inside and actually discover they're not good enough, like what's the point of living, right? So I don't oh think gosh. they know in their bones that at their core, it's not even enough, is that they're everything. Oh, wow. They're actually infinite beings. They're conscious beings of choice fueled by this limitless energy in the form of this one little, you know, droplet, you know, the, the, the roomy quote, how you are the ocean in a drop, not a drop in the ocean. I think our greatest fear is when we actually do get to the bottom of it all, we suck or there's nothing there or there's no God or here I am trying to trust the universe and I get there and there is no divine there. And I actually am all alone. So if I just keep scrambling fast enough and trying to look good and do it right and dominate and be in control, I'll never have to risk getting to the bottom of it all and discovering this was all bullshit. Oh, I, 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because to me, the blissful um, gift of doing the work of becoming is that you not only cognitively know that you're not alone, you have the embodiment of being held, breathed by this energy of the divine. You literally can be alone, but never lonely again. And you can literally come home to yourself and look at this ashamed, scared, mad, sad, like aspect of self, all these little yous inside. And instead of going, oh, got to change. Stop that. Get in the closet. Don't let anybody know that we're not perfect, right? You go, hey, little one, come here onto my lap, just like we would our own children. Mm. And there's compassion and there's empathy, you know, all the vibrations of coherence. We can be that with ourselves. If we're willing to go to the core and see our worst case scenario is, oh my God, I, I, I am perfectly imperfect. And can I learn when I get there not to reject myself? See, I think that's actually the path to having this moment of oneness with the divine. It's like if, if, I, was, if I was imagining I'm God and the goddess and I'm sitting around, I'm not going, oh, look at that loser and look at that one. Oh, that one's a hot mess. And like that, I don't really think God and the goddess talk like that. Not I even mean, I think they're Right, they're like, you got this. You know, you did your best. That's okay. That, I, I acknowledge that that's how you'd, anybody would feel if you were rejected. I see you. I love you. You know, it's okay. Let's learn some resilience. Let's learn some inner um, defining of our worth. Let's keep going not to accomplish something. Yes, accomplishment's great, but just to be you free, shining. Like, I really think that's how the divine would talk if we could hear the divine talk. So our job is to be that to ourself, mm. to speak to ourself like that. And then really here we are saying, oh, why doesn't my partner unconditionally love me? Jerk. Well, do you unconditionally love you? Not if when you look at your shameful self and you're like, shape up or ship out, that's not unconditional love. That's conditional love. I'll love you when you've lost 10 pounds. I love you when there's another zero in your bank account. I'll love you when you've got more Facebook likes or whatever it is, when everybody accepts you. That's bullshit. If you're living fully. It's a guarantee people are going to not like you. Mm. I remember I had a mentor. Um, do you know Sark? Uh, no. You know, Succulent Wild Women. Uh, she's an amazing author. She's awesome. And when I was first starting, she took on mentorship for a while for me and I got my first hate mail and it was called addressed the black widow. And it was like five or six paragraphs wow. of a man's hatred of all women projected onto me. And I just, of course I read the whole thing. I should have just deleted it, but I was like, oh, and then he doesn't like me here and I'm not good enough there. And, and I, I reached out to Sark and I'm like, I really think it was a bad idea expressing my truth and showing up in the world. She goes, oh. She was congratulating me. She's like, yeah. This is this awesome. You've finally been up. bold enough. You've yeah. finally been bold enough to get a hate letter. This is yeah, great. like it's a, it's a celebration thing. And I'm like, oh, okay. She goes, still delete it. But let's be honest. If we're actually going to show up, there's always going to be 10% that think we're the devil. 10% that think we're a guru. Neither of which is really true. They sort of cancel yeah. each other out. And you just serve your people. Yeah. So the, I'd say the greatest fear is that when we get there, we don't know what to do with looking in the eyes of our wobbly self. Wow. But we can learn to love that part, accept that part, allow that part. Oh, it's so powerful. And I think what I've, I think what I interpreted from that as well is it's going into that whole inner child place and what you're inviting 
is for us to have a relationship with our inner child and to love and support and nurture and speak so kindly and compassionately with our inner child, because that's literally what the divine thinks of us. And so that when we cultivate, cultivate that relationship within ourselves, we're coming closer to understanding what it means to be held and loved by the divine. To, correct. To understand and then actually embody. I think that's another really big piece. A lot of us live from the chin up, spinning in our head, trying to be in control, having incredible cognitive analysis and able to spew the, you know, quotes of so-and-so, but they don't live it. They don't vibrate at it. They're not a safe presence to be around because mm. they're, they're not even there. They're not present. They're spinning in their head. But the embodiment of what you just said, when it actually lands in the heart and it vibrates from the being. Something really magical happens when you start to vibrate at that level and you're then at the same um, co like vibration of the earth, the same vibration as the yeah. field. All of a sudden, an intuition and an instinct or a channeling or a downloading of truth or a uh-huh, uh-uh, whatever you want to call it, all of that is available. And a lot of people, one of their biggest fears is trust. Yeah. How do I trust somebody's not going to hurt me? And to me, it's... <laughs> You, what you can trust is they're going to hurt you. Welcome to the planet. It's, you know, there's no escape here, people. It's going to be pain. Yes. And pleasure. Yes. And so many of us clamor for looking good and I've got the perfect marriage and I've got the perfect butt and the perfect bank account. And I always go speak positively and I'm always looking for the good. And I'm a metaphysical spiritual bypasser. And, and, and I'm just like, whoa, people, that's going to get you addicted to drugs, you know, binging on the, at the fridge at 3 a.m. and on porn and whatever. It's, gonna, it's not going to lead to anything good because it's not in reality, people. Hmm. Reality is equilibrium. It is yeah. science. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is both pain and pleasure. It is both challenge and support. It is both day and night. It's the duality of this hmm. realm. That's why we came. Yes. We came to that, yeah. That duality, I was, I was reading conversations with God Again, and that's one of like the primary questions that Neil Donald Walsh is asking is like, remind what, me, what is this duality? You know, like, why is there pain? Why is there misfortune? And, and the divine is literally like, because how would you know joy and pleasure and alignment if you Thank didn't you. know the opposite? Like, it's completely impossible to have an experience of what, you know, we would call pleasure and joy if you don't even know what to compare it to. Correct. That's very, very well said. Thanks for reminding me. I love that. I read those so many years ago. Um, and something else we, along that line, we think, yes, how would we know joy if we didn't know sadness? Like Cahil Gibran, right? And the prophet, like the, I'm going to butcher this, but sort of the idea of like the dig, the, the deeper the well of, of sadness, <clears throat> the more that well can be filled with joy. Mm. Right? So it's this, this, this is how we get there. And yeah. so if we could not look at just pain saying, okay, well the pain, let's just endure it for, for five more seconds so that when I get around to joy again, I'll feel better. That's still an addiction to the joy. What if we could just sit in the pain and look for the gift there? Hmm. What if there actually the was a benefit? Yeah. What if there was a benefit and I'm talking benefit physically, mentally, spiritually, vocationally, financially, socially, family-wise, romantically, like across the board in pain. And what if there was actually a disadvantage in all of those areas with too much pleasure? I mean, we'd forget to pick up the kids. <laughs> we'd forget to like pay the taxes, take out the trash with too much pleasure. Think about it. You're drunk every day and 
you know, in pleasure every day, all like too much pleasure, actually, then you, you don't, you leave reality. So what if there is this in science, they call it like vector equilibrium, this zero point, the stillness home, home where there's, I'm not going to resist pain and I'm not going to clamor for pleasure. I'm going to be grateful for my joy, but I'm going to hold my sorrow as just an equal gift. What if my wobbly self is just as valuable as my triumphant self? What if there was nothing to apologize for, justify, or put sprinkles on top of the ice cream cone of shit, and I could just be? To me, that's the state of becoming. If you could just keep being that with every breath and every day and every challenge and every triumph, then you're so open. You really start to get the sense that the universe is for me, not against me, because you're looking now. There's even a benefit in the pain. Nothing stops you. Mm. Nothing stops you. No mm. conversation with your partner stops you. No request that I'd like it this way in the bedroom needs to stop you. No, oh my God, but we've been together for all these years. And what if this is the end of this phase of our relationship? It, all of a sudden there's no, no shame around that or it's not bad. We haven't failed. It's just like, oh, some relationships are for a day or for a season or for a lifetime. It doesn't mm. mean one is better than the other. Yeah. 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 It's a lot of freedom. So much freedom. And it makes me just really tune in to the fact that what, where we, I think where most people go sideways is in the judgment of what's yes. happening instead of the reality of what's happening. It's yeah. that whole, you know, second arrow effect of like, we feel bad because we are thinking a certain way or experiencing something, but then we judge ourselves because we're thinking or experiencing something. And that makes it like a thousand times worse. Yeah. And I, I mean, if we can just be mm. in, in all of it and feel all of it and not have a, not really put a good or bad label on it. Correct. Um, way easier said than done, oh my but God. exactly the path there. We haven't been taught how to navigate intense emotions. We've been taught to stuff them away. Boys don't cry, you know, be seen, not heard. And uh, you're angry. You're a hysterical woman. You should be putting in an asylum. Like all these like ways we've been wow. judged for emotions that are just energy in motion. There's a gift in being angry. Now, if you're angry at another and emasculate them, not so good. If you're angry at yourself, and then you become depressed. Okay, not so effective. But anger itself is just this rising of energy, which is great because it's above shame, apathy, mm -hmm. guilt. So it's a rising up the Hawkins scale of consciousness. So it's a good thing. And it's just saying, hey, this doesn't work. This is out of integrity with my values. This needs to change. That's all it's saying. And if we would allow it and just breathe, one potato, two potato, three potato, like breathe, welcome this anger. Like it's like another little you coming up, the little you who's angry. And you're like, got it. What's going on? Tell me more. Well, oh, you have every right to feel that. Tell me more. Just two or three breaths of talking ourselves through, breathing, staying in our prefrontal cortex, staying present. All of a sudden, bing, the wisdom. It will alchemy, the alchemy will happen, the insight, the wisdom. And then, then if we keep the heart open, the bravery, the courage, la cour, right? Will fuel all the way up to your throat chakra and the communication will come out sourced in truth, love, possibility. But mm. most of us don't get 
to that stage because as soon as the anger comes up, we stuff it down and get depressed or we emasculate somebody. We close the heart, don't open it, and we really hurt ourselves or others. But if we could just learn that simple but not easy process of when the emotion arises, welcome it like a little you coming to the stage going, hey, this is not cool. And we, we welcome it. So we lean in and we breathe and we choose to open our heart in allowance. And like, it's just intense energy. We have no problem with the intense energy of orgasms. <laughs> so exactly. we can, we welcome we can that do it. With open arms. Yeah. So well, we actually do have a muscle to open to intensity. Use it. Just use it with anger or sadness or shame. Yeah. It's so powerful. I literally just got off the phone with a client and Tell me. It was anger. It was anger. It was lots of anger coming up and examples of whenever she's had these outbursts and we, we talk through it yeah. and she literally comes to this insight at the end that was yeah. like, whoa, like mm. blew her away. Mm. That she mm. Literally, I feel like is going to change a lens of how she's viewing the relationship with her family. Nice. Um, you know, she's been begging and longing for their approval for her whole life, right? Uh, uh. That inner child. And, and the, the insight she had was like, wait a minute, what if I'm, what if I'm not supposed to have their approval? Like, what if that's not actually the goal? Thank you. So much freedom, right? Like, because then you don't have to do what they want you to do or say what they want you to say. And, you know, they see her as broken and as someone who needs to be fixed and she doesn't need to be fixed. We're not broken. Correct. Correct. We're disconnected. Oh. We're misaligned and we're fucking incongruent. I think the conversation I have more than ever right now with people, especially in my one-on-one and group coaching is yes. the incongruence that we've been putting up with because especially as empaths, mm-hmm. and I have male and female clients who are empaths. Mm-hmm. We, we, we morph and we mold and we're okay with it. And we take on other people's energy and oh, I don't want you to feel bad. So I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to go to this concert because that's the music you want to hear. That was another client I had this morning of like, mm-hmm. you know, she literally said, I had this email come through with an opportunity to go to two different concerts, like the advertisement or whatever. And she said, my first instinct was to choose the concert that I know my husband would like that I actually hate because mm. I just wanted, I just want him to feel good and be happy because I know if he went to the concert I wanted to go to, he would be fucking miserable and I would have to deal with his shitty energy. <laughs> so this incongruence, like, please yeah. talk to me about that because this, this is probably the thing that's coming up the most right now mm. with my clients is this recognition in people that they have been pushing down their own needs and yeah. their own alignment for so long that they, yeah. in a lot of ways, don't even know what brings them joy. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so long. I so get this. To me, it's a, it's a miswiring. The reason why I say finding the one is bullshit and becoming the one is brilliant and beautiful is that when you find the one, what you're looking for, your approval and your safety and your validation that you're good enough and everything inside of me can feel safe and good when you're okay or when you choose me or when you love me or when you approve of me or you give me attention or you know appreciation. It's all backwards. We're seeking on the outside. We are um, leaving home. We are leaving self. We are leaving all the little yous inside. And, and we're going out there to try to get something. And then when we get it, we've got to keep it. Right? So, oh, I still got to call myself. And 
right? So it's exactly at all costs. <laughs> so what if we totally own that the reason why we give away our power and we are incongruent is that we're terrified of rejection. Mm. And we're only terrified of rejection because we've misunderstood that that's where our worth is in another's opinion. Eh, no, sorry, you know, busted. Actually, if you source your worth from the inside out, if you approve of yourself, if you provide safety for little you and give them a hug, if you appreciate yourself that you fell down, but we're going to get back up, right? Or even when you're falling down, you can appreciate yourself there too and just come to little you with a popsicle or a tequila shot, whatever. You just sit there. And <laughs> there's many ages, of course, of little yous. They're not all five years old. Some of them are like 45. <laughs> so, so that's fine. Um, but you're able just to sit there and not fix, not change, not put them in a better mood, not get so we look at it. Just sit there. And here's the key. Be willing to sit with this aspect of self who's so afraid of rejection with the willingness to sit there for eternity. Mm, yeah. I love you that much. Something rests inside when your higher self says to your scared self or these other emotions, the one scared of rejection, I'm willing to sit with you here in the dark forever. I love you that much. Really? Then there comes this moment of wholeness. Mm. We could say coherence, uh, safety, appreciation, enoughness, confidence. We have all these different words for it. It can be measured as a vibration. And so then you're coming to the moment, not needing their approval and afraid of the rejection. You're, I don't know what the word, unrejectionable, is that a word? But like you, you can't be, how can wholeness be rejected? You're everything. Oh, you're whole. Wow. It's not even, it's not even, it's a totally different realm of reality. It's a literally mm. A different reality. No, I'm not saying I like to be rejected. I don't like to get the hate emails. I'm not saying it feels fantastic, but it doesn't take me off my center anymore. Yes. And yes. I can come back to center faster every time. Yes. And sometimes if I'm in a really powerful place, I can get a little, I can have some humor around it. And then maybe I can even have some insight of like, wow, I pissed them off so bad. I bet you I changed the trajectory of their life forever. That elicited so much anger out of them. They hate me so much. I must really be triggering something. Bless them. I really hope they do the work and find somebody to work with. And, oh, and really, wow. You can even wow. see your pissing somebody off as a gift. Oh, wow. And, That's so huge. Yeah. Like, especially in a marriage or when, you know, so you don't have to take it personally and blame the other or say, well, fine, I'm leaving or fine, I'm having an affair. Like just sit in the fire with yourself. Then, oh, look at that. You have the capacity to sit in the fire with your partner and not kill them off or, you know, tit for tat or emasculate or be really cruel, which is what happens when we leave our hearts and our survival reptilian brain takes over. It's like kill or be killed. I mean, I don't know about you, but I have said some things in the past. I can't believe they came out of my mouth. Hmm. Who, who was that? I was, yeah. I was evil. Yeah. And, and if I really look at pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. Yeah. Not acknowledging yeah. yourself, not yeah. holding yourself. Yeah. And so, so that that doesn't have to happen to take total responsibility that I'm the one that allowed things to get to that level by giving away my power to their approval of me for so many fucking decades. Come on, take it back. And whether this is mere work, sitting and looking in the eyes of all the different flavors of your little yous and the one who's afraid she's not sexy enough or beautiful enough or good enough or rich enough or, or he is afraid that he doesn't have as many millions as the other guy has millions and his wife is not as hot as his, like whatever, whatever this icky stuff that we don't even want to admit, just sit there. Mm. Hi. All you have to say is hi. 
just stop the fixing, changing, judging stuff and just sit in the fire and start to bring these aspects of self home over and over and over until you have a sense of wholeness, oneness on the inside. And from that place, when you communicate, what else, even if it's then from that place, you have to communicate something that's not working. I like sandwiches. I always talk about the sandwich. Like you put it in a sandwich that you start off with what you're grateful for. I'm so glad mm. we've come so far. I'm so grateful that we can have these kind of conversations. Thank you for being such a great listener. Middle of the sandwich. Can I be straight with you? Something's really heavy on my heart that I want to communicate with. Is this a good time? Permission honor, you know, set them up to win, help them receive, create a situation where it will land. Don't talk at them, talk with them. Yeah. Right. And then the middle of the sandwich is like, I, not you, I am feeling so such and such, you know, so scared that we don't seem to be on the same wavelength and haven't been for a while. And I just haven't known what to do or say. And, and I, and, and maybe I get cranky or maybe I judge you. And I just wanted to really own that and apologize. But what I'm really craving is deeper intimacy. What I'm really craving is to be seen for the real me. What I'm really craving is that you're the wind in my wings. I, I want to be brave and try something. And I need you. I need you to have my back. I need you. Even if I fall to love me just as much. I know maybe that's a big ask end of the sandwich. What are your thoughts? How does this, you know, sit with you? What feelings come up for you? It's an invitation. So that kind of sandwich, you can't do that from incoherence. You can't do that from uh, this conversation better go well because they're the source of my worth and I'm not good enough unless they agree with me. You're not going to have that conversation. It has to come from wholeness first. So then you give them space to be real. When you need them to say something, you're not giving anybody spaciousness or freedom to be who they are. It's an agenda. It's a strategy and they feel it. And that's not a conversation. That's just like manipulation. It feels, it feels completely forced. And I think what I'm hearing you say is you have to take the time and space to sit in the fire and to find your place mm-hmm. of wholeness and to yes. acknowledge that and to connect with that before you have that conversation. Correct. Um, you rush a conversation when you're in that place of incoherence or reaction or reptilian brain yep. acting to something in the moment, then it's, it's really not healing. It's not healthy. It's not going to, it's not going to get you the results that you want, right? Not effective. It's totally not efficient. And that coming home to self first idea before you have the conversation, like that's taken me like, I don't know, 20 years like to, to work on that. Like I'm not there yet. Every time I take on a bigger project and there's more at stake, that same thing flushes up again where I'm concerned what people are going to think. Like it doesn't go anywhere, but we get better and better at coming home faster and faster. Mm, if yeah. we continue this as a life practice, not as a goal to check off on our to-do list. And then now we're perfect again. No, no, no. That that was the part. You're never going to be perfect. You're always going to be a hot mess. And you're always going to be infinitely this divine being of everythingness Hmm. for eternity. Like that's true too. Yeah. Right. It's, it's so, so big. And that whole piece about it's never ending. It's a constant practice. If you're on a path of growth and expansion, which most of the people that listen to my show are. Yes there is this false assumption or hope that you're going to get to a place where you don't need to do this anymore. But like, even, just, yeah, <laughs> even literally just talking about this, I can feel the discomfort inside of myself of like, yeah, God, I got to do that. Like that's, yeah. I recognize that. I see that. I feel that. And it is uncomfortable. It's yeah, we've been taught. It's in a couple ways counterintuitive. 
right? It's massively counterintuitive and it is not fun. Like my clients, whether they're men, women, or couples, they don't like it when I say, welcome to reality. There's no escape from pain. You're never going to be able to trust that person. It's going to be, it's never going to hurt you. They're going to hurt you. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What? You want me to get into a relationship with a guarantee of being hurt? Like, yeah, yeah welcome to life. Here we go. It's going to happen. That's, the vulner- you can't, that's a vulnerability. You can't control them. You're not perfect and neither are they. Every moment is, has equal pain and pleasure in it. If you want to be drugged out or on Facebook or opioids or whatever you want to do to not feel the pain, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But that's not saying the pain's not there. The pain's there. You're just not yeah. dealing with it. Just so it's, it's like, oh my God, you mean I actually have to be a grown up? Yeah. I actually have to come into reality and let go of this fantasy. Yeah. So it's not, po- it's not popular really to coach with me because I'm like, no, we're going to have to like <laughs> sit in fires, uh, come back to reality, take full responsibility for our behaviors. But if you're willing to be that mature on the you know, growth of to be enlightened, then you can actually be on the planet and be on it, but not, what does that be in it, but not of it, mm-hmm. right? You can be in a planet where there's crap going on. But you're not judging them and superior to them and I'm the right way. Even if your right way is the, is the more efficient way to treat the planet and eat and all the rest, even if you're making good choices, there's a difference between I'm, I'm going on a war march than a peace walk. Mm. Okay? So the war march or I'm against people that treat animals like this or I'm against people that I'm against human trafficking. Like, okay, I'm not saying human trafficking. I mean, that's atrocious. But if we're against it, we're lowering our, ourselves to the very vibration that created it. Hmm. So we have to go, oh, who do I need to be to be in non-judgment of atrocity, stay in my zero point vector equilibrium, my stillness, my choice, my wholeness, my oneness, and choose a higher innovative possibility of healing and solutions. Hmm. That's what we're being called to do. Judging self or others doesn't work. Hmm. Seeking our worth from the outside in depletes our oneness. So we start with self. We don't judge self. We come home to self. Then from this wholeness, we can look at real issues in a marriage, on the planet, uh, with the water, with the air. Like we need to change these things. But if you come at it from a superior judgmental, I'm right, you're wrong, you're just exacerbating the problem. Yeah. You have to come with allowance. Allowance doesn't mean you like it. doesn't even mean you prefer it. It just means you don't judge it. Now we've actually got a chance. Now we actually can stay in coherence and have some compassion and empathy and, and we don't make them wrong because who changes their behavior when you come in and you're like, you're the loser. They're just like, fuck you. I'm not changing. Nobody. Nobody. Not your children, bring not your spouse and not yeah. humanity. Yeah. But when we can go, oh, put it in a sandwich. I get that you're doing your best. I get that you really want profits. I get that you really want sex. I get that you really want whatever. Again, permission. Can I be straight? I'm wondering if there's another way. It could win-win for everybody. So you can get your needs, but we're going to do it with honor of the planet, honor of women and children, honor of whatever. Here are some of my ideas. What are yours? So they can, again, we can't control the other, but we're giving them the best chance of honor and spaciousness to step into their genius and mm. for us to co-create a higher way. Mm, we have to be willing to be that responsible. Beautiful. Yeah. That's so beautiful. And it's, um, no ego. It's dropping the ego. It's the need to be right. Yes. Yes. Or be superior or be superior. And, and that's, it's counterintuitive to how our brain is wired. Our brain, survival. Mm -hmm. our brain at its, in its survival mode is, is wired for certainty 
Our brain is wired for status. Our brain is wired for security. All of these things and everything we're talking about is the opposite of that. Totally. We're talking about risk. We're talking about dropping our ego, dropping our agenda. And our brain's like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is not, this is scary, right? Because the brain thinks it's going to be isolated and alone and thus attacked, right? But we're evolving. We are evolving and we're literally like changing our brains. Totally. Our species is evolving. Yeah. Uh, The late Barbara Marks Hubbard, I had a chance to speak with her just days before she passed. And Mm -hmm. speaking of it's now homo amor, homo sapien, homo sapien, homo. it's it's time to evolve into literally a being of love. And then she passed like so crazy, right? One last quick little story, because I want to be honoring of our time. Um, This idea that I'm not superior than others and not judging. Uh, when I, my ex did all sorts of really, I don't need to go into details, but really cruel things in our custody battle. Hmm. And I was right that he was an asshole. In fact, I, I think I called him a lying conniving fuckhead. That was, those were my words. <laughs> Actually, um, hey, that's and, nice. I might use that sometime. <laughs> yeah. It's a good one, isn't it? Got a lot of f- fire in there. And then my coach said to me, mm, great. That's super great. Alana. Where are you? A lying conniving fuckhead. He is you and you are him and we are one show me, then you will be free. Mm. I, fuck you. I don't, and what I realized that, that from, his, from his point of view, my ex's point of view, when I said I would marry you forever, and then I said, I'm divorcing you. He felt so humiliated in his world that he had to share with everybody that I'm leaving him. It was in his value system, completely appropriate to get revenge and call me a lying, conniving fuckhead. Cause I said forever and I was out of there in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, I am no better than him. He is me and I am him. And I'm not condoning his choices and behaviors and all the hell that our son had to go through, etc. But my superiority just got, my bubble got burst right there. I'm like, okay, I'm no better. I'm here doing my work. He's here doing his work. What else is possible? Wow. Yeah. Humility. Humility isn't a weakness. It's a strength. Vulnerability isn't a weakness. It's a strength. It's combining a heart that's all the way open, willing to feel all with a spine that's unwavering. We've got our own back and we're willing to apologize. We're willing to own our shit. We're willing to clean up our messes and make up for the damage done and, and, and not hold them uh, accountable for our well-being. Our, I can't live my life because you're not blah, 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 right? We just allow others and we take our own lives and we move forward. Mm. They come along great. They don't great. We live by example. We be the inspiration. We be the change. Yeah. Wow. So, so beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, we could go on forever and we We can't, we can't right now, but how (laughs) here's the hook. (laughs) Here comes the hook. How can people work with you, find out more about you, connect more with you? I know the the podcast is one excellent way, intimate conversations, but how else can people connect with you or work with you? Thank you. Yeah. Lots of videos on the YouTube channel. So Alana Pratt, go there. Um, Lots of free content on my site, alanapratt.com. And if you're like, oh my God, I really do want to explore what's possible to work in a coaching relationship, alanapratt.com forward slash connect 
is a way you can have a discounted session with me. Um, just get in my newsletter world. I'm very vulnerable and very bold and I think inspiring. Um, For sure. No doubt there. So there's lots of free ways. Um, I've got my next book coming out. Uh, soon. So there'll just be lots of resources for people. Um, and then you can even listen to intimate conversations with the amazing Adair Cates and many others. I know. So. <laughs> I know. That's so exciting. We're, you guys are going to hear me on Alana's podcast soon. Yeah. And yeah. That's, it's just fun. It's, it's really fun that we got to turn the tables today. I, I recorded, we recorded her podcast yesterday, mine today. So this is, this is just so fun and so beautiful. And thank yeah. you for being you. Thank you for sharing who you are with my people and mm. Um, and for being a part of my life. And I'm going to say the same thing that you said to me at the end of the show yesterday. What's the like one last heartfelt thought that Mm. you would like to share to end our episode together today? Mm. Just, I would like everyone when they wake up in the morning to put a hand on their heart and a hand on their belly, or I like to put one on my yoni. So you don't, or guys, you can do whatever you want to do, but whatever. But, um, like touch your body, connect with your body and just ask, um, hey, sweet thing, what have I been spinning so fast that I haven't heard you say that you really want me to know? And just be able to start our days with listening inwardly and reconnecting inwardly rather than starting our days accomplishing and achieving and trying and all the rest of it. Like that's all great. But when we come from empty, we're never going to get there ever and then we're going to die. But if we're coming from fullness listening and wholeness, the choice is just, we can celebrate the process and enjoy the accomplishments when they happen, but not beat ourselves up when they don't and really savor this, this breath and this blessing of being alive. So start connecting within and just see how that changes your life. Yeah. Wow. So beautiful. Thanks again, Alana. And I'll be talking to you really soon. And, oh, it's just such a pleasure to have you in my life and in my heart. And wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you so much. Love you too. That's a wrap for this episode of the Morning Light Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share with your loved ones. And for more insights and inspiration, check out my website at firstleadyou.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.